Hallelujah. So this morning, I would like to carry on a topic that I started. Actually, not a topic. Something I shared at the worship service. How many of you were at the worship service? All right. That's not a lot. Like we are a full house. So we need to have more attending worship services. Amen. Tell somebody I will be at the next worship service. I'm not going to miss out. Because we had a glorious time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I shared before the communion about the love of God. Amen. And I realized that in this topic of sons. Amen. We are being raised in this house as sons. Amen. Because the word of God says, creation awaits the revealing of the sons of God. Amen. So we are children of God. We are many things in the kingdom. But God is busy now raising sons. Amen. And the raising of sons starts with God's affirmation. And this is what I want to speak about this morning. God's affirmation. Tell somebody, God's affirmation. Hallelujah. And we are going into Matthew chapter 3 from verse 13. I'm going to quote some scriptures here that I won't read all of them. Hallelujah. But please take note and read them when you have time at home. Matthew 3 from verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, say, and behold. A voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. The affirmation of the Father. Hallelujah. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. There are two things here in the sentence of the Father. My beloved son and with whom I am well pleased. My focus this morning is the beloved son. Hallelujah. The affirmation of the love of the father. Now, was that the first time God was actually telling Jesus, you are my son? I don't think so. Because in Luke chapter 2. You might recall from verse 48. Luke 2, verse 48. I'm not reading. I'm telling you. All right? Jesus was 12 years old. And he went to Jerusalem with his family. Amen? And for those of you who know this part of the word, he was missing for a few days. Amen? And when the family went back, he was found in the temple. But the answer he gave his parents tells me, this was not the first account of Jesus knowing he is son. Amen. Because his answer to his parents was, I am doing my father's. Don't you know that I should be at my father's tasks? Amen? So, Jesus was not at the baptism. It it was not the first time he was having the knowledge of him being son of God. 
I don't believe so. I believe already from the mother's womb. He knew. Hallelujah. So why was it important at the baptism for Abba Father to proclaim over him, this is my beloved son. Not just, this is my son. Hallelujah. This is my Hallelujah. Now, I want to go over why is it so important to walk in the revelation of the love of God. Amen? And I'm going to speak about the symptoms of those who don't walk with that affirmation. Amen? And I will compare it with those who do walk with that affirmation. Hallelujah? So it's a journey. Are you with me? Are we going together? Tell your neighbor, if you sleep, I will give you an elbow ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just test the elbow, test the elbow. I will, I, will, I will wake you up. I'll wake you up. Okay. Are we awake? Praise the Lord. Now, the, one of the symptoms, now I'm not going to quote everything. Amen. But I want you to please not think of that sister in church, this analysis is for you. It's an introspection for yourself. So while we go through the symptoms, please, it's not brother so-and-so and auntie and tani. It's you. Say, this is about me. And you better mean it. This is about you. This is about me. Hallelujah. This is first for me. This was a revelation of God to me. And I'm passing it on so that we may all grow together. Hallelujah. So this is on you. For who is this word? Thank you. Now we can carry on. All right. Number one is the lack of identity. All right. The lack of identity. Now, how does that manifest? When a person lacks the knowledge, I don't want to say lack of identity because we all have an identity. I want to say the wrong identity. Amen? You do not know that God loves you. All right? So you are confused about your identity. And that leads to self-seeking. Okay? Self-seeking, self-centeredness. Okay? Performance. Mm -hmm. Because you seek to define who you are through your achievements. Hallelujah. When you do not know God's affirmation over you, you seek that affirmation through what you do. So life now revolves around you, not around the Lord. Me, myself, and I. Hallelujah. Now, on the other side, when you know the affirmation of the Lord, life becomes about Him. Hallelujah. When Jesus was baptized and received that affirmation. The Bible says, and he went in the wilderness to be tempted. And after the wilderness, he started the ministry. Almost like life was not about him. He was here on earth for the Father's business. Hallelujah. So if, again, this is self-introspection, meaning think, my daily life, my daily thoughts, is it about me? When I do something, do I do it to affirm me? Amen. Or do I do it like Jesus to bring glory to the Father? Number two, humility. Or should I say pride? One of the symptoms of, of not knowing the affirmation of the love of God 
is pride. What is pride? Pride is to exalt yourself above. And that means also pushing people down so that you can be on top. Pride. The devil was the first one, Lucifer, to manifest pride. Because when he saw the glory of God, he wanted to be above God. He wanted to exalt himself above God. Pride is one of those where I don't need to ask you if you see it or not. We all struggle in areas, different areas. But all of us have to constantly watch. Am I seeking exaltation? Am I seeking, whatever I'm doing, am I trying to push people down? Hallelujah. Now, Jesus was humble. Tell somebody humility. In Philippians 2, from verse 5, the Bible speaks about how he humbled himself to the death on the cross. Hallelujah. Because he knew the Father's affirmation, he didn't need to be on top. He could humble himself. Hallelujah. And the Bible says because he humbles himself, he was exalted. That's the catch. You do not exalt yourself. You humble yourself and the Lord exalts you. But that happens when you know the love of God. I'm giving you symptoms. I'm explaining to you why you experience what you experience. The root is that affirmation of the love of God. Hallelujah. Is your neighbor awake? Remember, you are the one to keep him awake. Number three, judgment. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. That's a very big one. We judge everyone around us. No one is ever good enough. We live to point out daily mistakes. That's because we do not know the love of God. Can I tell you something? If you do not know God's love for you, you cannot also know God's love for your neighbor. And that's why you judge. Because you are judged yourself. When you do not know the love of God, you set yourself standards to earn it. And then you judge yourself according to those standards that you cannot meet. And then judge everyone else according to those same standards that no one ever can meet. Hallelujah. Judging. You become the judge. You cannot appreciate. Amen. When you know the love of God, you can show mercy. Because you have received mercy. You know, in the Beatitude, it says, blessed are the merciful for they will obtain mercy. But this was before we were shown mercy. Now the sentence goes, because you've been shown mercy, you can be merciful. Hallelujah. If I know that what I have, I do not deserve, I can also show that mercy to others. The love of God. Hallelujah. Number four. Inferiority. Inferiority. That's a, a big word, eh? Inferiority. <laughs> you see yourself, you know, pride, pride tried to exalt. Inferiority is you see yourself here. You are constantly comparing yourself to others. Constantly. And with inferiority comes pride because, because you see yourself here, you try to exalt yourself. Hallelujah. 
Comparing yourself to people. You know, there's a difference between admiring, appreciating. I appreciate what God is doing in this person's life. I appreciate, I admire this. Comparing means who is the highest, who is the lowest. And we live in a kingdom where there is no such a thing. We do not compare. Hallelujah. We are all different. I mean, as in different. And yet we are all God's own possession. We are all a display of the character of God. We are all a display of something God wants to do here on earth. So when you do not know that, you do not know that worth, amen? You do not know that you don't need to compare to any, you are not comparing. You, did, you don't need to be equal to anyone. You are unique. Hallelujah. You are unique. And God is not sitting in heaven saying, Look at the person next to you. Mm -hmm. His gift is much bigger than yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you seen how, I'm sorry, this is church. I'm going to be very truthful with church. You are constantly comparing divine to other churches. Stop it. <laughs> Please. Do you think God is comparing churches? We are all his children. And everyone is busy with what God has called him to do. But the divine people have this language that scares me. I need to, I need to bring this out. It's good to, to, to acknowledge what God is doing here. There's nothing wrong. But stop comparing to other people and other churches. And other ministries. And other worship. Here, our worship is... Stop it. Tell somebody, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. There is a beautiful example of how somebody that is so soaked in the love of God reacts to that. Paul. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, I cannot believe you guys are comparing me and Apollos. Paul says, I, I hear the talk here. Some say I'm from Paul and others say I'm from Apollos. It's like you are carnal, spiritual divine. <laughs> this is how Paul calls it. He said, you are, he said, I can't even talk to you spiritually because you are carnal. Why are you carnal? You are comparing. Paul could have said, yeah, at least my people know who I am. He could have. If he was not soaked in that affirmation that I am who God says I am, I'm not comparing to anyone. He could have said, yeah, those of you who know my gifting, come to me. Thank you. You honor me. You honor my apostleship. They are big words. They are big words. But they mean nothing. If you are still comparing this one's anointing to that one's anointing, this one prophetic gift to the other one, inferiority. The way this one worships. Yeah. Yeah. When that guy leads the worship, yo! Who, when that sister leads the worship, yo! Yo, Pastor Sarah! Me Sarah! Tell your neighbor, stop it! Paul did not compare. Amen? Inferiority cannot take another's opinion. Have you seen people that cannot understand you have a different opinion? It's an insult to them. 
you, you, are, you are struggling with that spirit of inferiority. Because if somebody tells you, you know what, I don't agree with that because this is what I think. It's an offense to you. Why is it an offense? God has given us millions of brains. We will not think the same. When you are in the love of God, you can acknowledge other opinions. You can celebrate the differences. You know, Paul, <laughs> Paul and Barnabas had an argument. Now, these are people who know the love of God. They had the argument about Mark. The brother Mark is not coming with us. <laughs> I'm talking about Bible, but this is the Bible. Okay? You can go and find it in... Um, Acts 15. Amen? Acts chapter 15. Paul and Barnabas are having a difference. But they are two who know the love of God. I'm, I'm telling you the difference between those who are walking in inferiority and those who walk in the love of God. Amen? Paul and Barnabas are arguing. Paul says, no, Mark is not coming with us. And Barnabas says, but Mark is coming with us. Amen? That sounds like a church argument right there. And they said, okay, that's fine. Paul says, I'll go with Silas, and you go with Mark. Clar. Yo, people, do you know why the lack of that love has caused so many trouble in our lives? Amen? Because Paul is like, it's okay. Go with Mark and, and prosper. Be fruitful. I'll go with Silas and we will do wonders. And that's exactly what happened. The Bible says, in fact, it was from the Lord. Because more was achieved after that. But when you cannot take an opinion of another person, when you cannot take differences, you are walking in the spirit of inferiority. It's not an insult if somebody tells you, oh, that's not my favorite color. Don't go there. <laughs> that's not my favorite color. That's not my favorite. I like this. I like that. Awesome. Be fully you while appreciating fully the other person. Marriages would be so much healthier if we understood that. Because often spouses think the difference means you are belittling me. Why are you not taking my opinion? Can we agree to disagree? There is such a thing in the kingdom. You can agree to disagree. We believe in speaking in tongues. We do not believe in speaking in tongues. Bless you. I speak in tongues and get the benefit of it. Amen? Whatever you believe in the word of God, do it fully. Hallelujah. I believe in going to the ends of the world to preach the gospel. I believe you must stay in your church. Awesome. Stay in the church. We will not argue. We will celebrate our differences. As long as each one is busy with what God has called him to do. Can I move on? Addiction. Mm -hmm. Should I go very quick over that one? Very quick. No, I will not go quick over that one. I don't think so. Now, the moment I said addiction, many flashes came. It was like, ooh, don't go there. Okay, wherever you were going, I'm going to the other side. Addiction shows that you are seeking something to satisfy the deepest longing of your heart. And that longing is the love of God. 
Because in the love of God, there is acceptance. There is finding your worth. Hallelujah. When you do not walk daily in that, that's when the enemy brings the flesh to fill the gap. So it's in food. Food. Food addiction. Sugar. Chips. Shopping. I'm going there. You guys were there. I'm going that side. Because yeah, everybody knows. All right? Sexual addiction is the first thing. When you say addiction, everybody says sexual addiction. That's the easy one. Everybody knows and everybody tries to run away from it. But they don't know the addiction, the shopping addiction. South Africa, I think, is number one on the shopping of Sheen, I'm sure. Online shopping. Black Friday is coming. Social media. Cell phones. We are living in a generation that they don't know how it is to sit still. And that's why when we come to church and we say, receive, they don't know what we mean. When we say, okay, be still and receive, they, are, they must be busy with something. Watching all the shorts, watching all, you, you are addicted. It's an addiction. And it shows that you are not filling yourself with what really satisfies your soul, which is the love of God. Hmm? The only thing that satisfies is the Lord. Amen. So seek to be free from everything that the enemy has brought to you to waste your time, your resources. Hallelujah. Rejection. That's a big one. It's one of the, the words that is used a lot in church, right? Part of it is people use it as an excuse for their behavior. We, we like to hide behind a mask and say, oh, you know, it's a, a struggle with rejection. Rejection. Rejection is the feeling of not being accepted, of not belonging. All right? And as true as it is, do you know the one who was the most rejected in the Bible? But because his father's affirmation. So is rejection real? Of course. Yes, it is. The reason why you cannot get out of it is because the solution of that, the love of God, is what you do not accept. If we were a people that could abide in the love of God, rejection wouldn't be mentioned in our midst. You cannot receive anyone's love unless you receive the love of God. Because that is the love that defines you. That is the love that gives you worth. That is the love that gives you your identity. Hallelujah. He was hanging on the cross. Being insulted by the very people he was dying for. Rejection. And he said, forgive them. Wow. His family rejected him. There was a time the brothers are like, it's the feast, you're going to go, you are a show off. You're going to go to the feast. We know you. He was not embraced by all. And some of those who followed him at the stage deserted him. But the love of his father 
caused him to stand. And he did not react according to the rejection of men. He reacted according to the love of his father. He was so full of the father's affirmation that that was his reality. Everything else bounces off. Hallelujah. The love of God. He could forgive. He was not moved by the behaviors of people. Think about it. Why are you so moved by everyone? Please understand me. I'm not saying you won't be hurt by people. People do hurt. Amen? And they hurt out of their brokenness. Amen? People react and they act according to how they grew up. Amen? They expect a reaction from you based on what they received. Amen? Come on, wake your neighbor up. Wake him up. All right. So, people will always, and I measure my words, they will always hurt you. This world is not free from hurt. It's a tough one, but you need to know. If you do not know, you'll always be shocked. And I'm trying to help you so that you are not shocked anymore. When it happens, you can know. There you go. Yeah, that's, yes. That's right. But how your heart responds, that's your responsibility. Amen. Do you know how many people sit at home and they don't go to church anymore? Because a church member hurt me. They're watching me now online. (laughs) And I want to appeal to you. Come back. Hallelujah. Come back. Come back and receive the love of God. Come back and receive that affirmation that says, you are my beloved. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what anyone can say or do to you. You are mine. And that's what really matters. Hallelujah. What if you respond with love? What if? What if you would respond to rejection with the love of God? Amen? Fear and insecurity. Fear and insecurity. You know, in Luke 15, from verse 11, the Bible talks about a prodigal son. Amen? That left home. I want to speak to you about his brother. (laughs) We all talk about that one. The prodigal son who left. I want to talk about the brother. The brother who did not know. The affirmation of his father. He was insecure. Hallelujah. He was so insecure that I believe when the brother left, he was like, at last, daddy will see what I do. Huh? It was almost like he was always the favorite of dad. Now he's gone. Now dad will at least see everything that I do. And he sat in that fear, in that insecurity. And when the brother came back, that's when everything manifested. The father didn't even realize what was happening. Until this brother said, I've been here the whole time. I have served you. When this rebellious son comes back, look what you are doing for him. Remember the first thing I said about judging? He's judging his father and his brother. 
I am a good person. I'm doing everything right. He is bad and you are rewarding that. You are also like him. Judging his father. Hallelujah. He felt inferior to his brother. He was comparing himself to his brother. Amen. He said, look what you're doing for him. You never did this for me. And the father is like that. Everything was yours. He did not know the love of his father. So he did not draw. He did not relate to the father according to that love. He was trying to earn. Fear and insecurity. Hallelujah. You're never sure of tomorrow. You are in fear constantly. What if I die? What if I don't achieve this? Can we go to 1 Corinthians 13? I'm going to read that. 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 4. Are you still with me? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures Wow. Now, I know many of you are thinking, I definitely don't have that. All right? But this is describing the love of God. The love of God that is constant and steadfast. Hallelujah. Where does fear and insecurity come from? It comes from the fear of being rejected. Amen. Do you know that the love of God never departed from Adam and Eve? I'm going to shock you now. Amen. Did God stop loving Adam and Eve after they fell into sin? No. You will say, but why were they cast out of the garden? Because their nature changed. The moving out of the garden was because they no longer had the nature of God in them. So they did not belong there. But God went with them out of the garden. He did not cast them out and then say, you are on your own. No. Right through, he was with them. God was with Abel and Cain. Please go read your Bible. He did not depart from them. Even after they fell into sin. He accepted the sacrifice of Abel. And he went to Cain and said, I can see where you're going. Don't go there. He did. He warned him. Do you think God's love departs from you because of what you do? That fear and insecurity comes from there. We are used to the human way of manifesting love. And the human way of manifesting love is you are on my good side when you do good. And you are on my bad side when you do bad. I write you in that book and you are not coming out of the book. This is how humans relate to one another. We have books. Strike one, I might forgive you. Strike two, strike three, I'm done with you. And so because we are in this flesh and we fail, 
we are constantly in that fear and insecurity that God will reject us. Amen. But if he did not depart from Adam and Eve, Eve even said, I have delivered this child with the help of the Lord. Come on, people. Come on. Now, go to the people of Israel. Amen? Sometimes it feels like what a God we serve. He does not give up. These people turn, worship other gods, do whatever they do. He said, I'm going to punish you and then I'm going to bring you back. <laughs> I'm not letting you go. I'm sure there are times where Israel was like, please leave us. We really don't want you anymore. But God is like, there's no way I'm leaving you. I'm going to be here. Until today. Until today. He is called the God of Israel. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He does not give up. His love does not fail. And do you know why? Because his very nature is love. It's not a feeling he has for you. This is who he is. He cannot be anything else but himself. Hallelujah. We experience love like a feeling, isn't it? Oh, I'm so in love with you. Oh, I like you so much. Isn't that what we do? Yes, you, oh, I like that. You, that lady, I like her so much. God is not like that. You might think of the most wicked person on earth. When God stands there next to that person, he is love. God is love. That's his nature. He cannot dissociate himself from that love because that's who he is. That's the person of God. He is love. Amen? So the happenings in our lives that have made us decide because one, two, three is not going well. Maybe God has rejected me. Like I told you, Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. That was the consequences of their sin, of the nature that was corrupted. But the love of God never changed. Because God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Now God could have said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. But he did not. He said, this is my beloved son. Emphasis on how I love you. And Jesus could go about doing good because that was his identity. My identity is my father loves me. Satan comes. If you truly are, my father loves me. If you do this, my father loves me. If you would bow, my father loves me. My father loves This relationship with my father is what matters to me. Hallelujah. So the garment that the father placed on Jesus at his baptism was this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Like Joseph received the coat of many colors. This was God's coat of many colors over Jesus. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And it was with that coat that Jesus could go to the cross. Hallelujah. Because my father loves me. Now, what is our garment? 
us as believers. For God so loved. For God so loved. You know, the Bible chooses words very carefully. John could have said, for God had so much compassion. Amen? How many times the Bible will say, moved with compassion, Jesus healed the sick. Moved with compassion. Here, it was not moved with compassion that God sent Jesus. It was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. What would happen if in your quiet time you focused on his love? Because why is it that we, we have the mental knowledge, but the symptoms will display are the symptoms of people who don't know that love? I'm talking about me. I know you are also talking about you. Amen? We established that in the beginning. This is for you, and this is for me. If... If we would walk truly in that garment, the world would have changed by now. Because a son who does not know he is loved is striving. And Jesus was not striving. Hallelujah. Everything he did was from the fullness. It was an overflow. Hallelujah. I'm drawing towards the end. Tell neighbor, just wake up, wake up. Do not sleep. When you go to the presence of the Lord, I believe you have a cup that needs to overflow. Amen. Many of us come, we worship you know, in your quiet time, it's about worship. I'm reading the word. I'm... But when Jesus taught us how to pray, he started with Father. Could it be that the emphasis is to focus, to zoom in on the love of your Father for you before the rest? Amen? If your focus is what you're going to do, it means what you do is what defines you. If your focus is what you're going to get, it means what you have is what defines you. But if your focus is your father's love, it means that is what defines you. And that is the greatest identity you can ever have. So from now on, Every time you go in the presence of God, your priority is not solving the problems of the world. Your priority is the love of your Father. Dwell and meditate and drink. Expect that revelation until it overflows. Because we love because he first loved us. That 1 Corinthians 13, you cannot manifest unless you know the love of the Father. Unless you walk daily in that love. I'm going to end with his testimony. A few years ago, as I was praying in my quiet time, just beholding the Lord. Amen. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So as you meditate and you, you just spend time on the attributes of the Lord, you are beautiful, Lord, you are amazing. The Lord showed me this picture 
of me standing face to face, looking to him. Amen? And I want you to picture this. Don't be distracted. Just looking into his eyes. And as I looked into his eyes, I started to zoom in. And the reflection in his eye was me. He was looking. I was his focus. Amen? And so many times when you come into the presence of the Lord, you turn your focus on yourself. Amen? You turn your focus on the happenings, what you are going through, the challenges. But you truly can focus on him because he's focused on you. The Lord is zooming over you. You are the delight of his heart. Hallelujah. He, he is not trying to cope. You are not one of the relationships we go, Ish, yeah, I have to love you as the, with the love of God, but I really don't like you. No. That's not the Lord. The Lord you know, one of the definitions of agape love is he is fond of you. He likes you. Hallelujah. And the disciples could face persecution and not doubt once the love of God. They didn't measure his love according to trials and tribulation. When you focus on him and you see his eyes are filled with you. Life fades away. He becomes life. Hallelujah. Can we stand this morning? And you're going to go to the Lord with this introspection. This is you and the Lord. And say, Father, I have been prideful. I have walked with inferiority. I have walked with fear and insecurity. I've walked in rejection. I have walked in every symptoms of an orphan. But today, I want to receive that affirmation from you. Just begin to pray.